When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Never thought about dipping into it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. These guys, no, honestly, Where are you watching at? this, I'm watching this game, and this was the first time, and it was even more impressive than the Dallas win, because this wasn't Dalvin, this wasn't the defense, this was Cousins taking this team on his back. He can fight, and he fights like hell. I'll tell you what, Lamar. Russell Wilson, I think we've got a new guy Uh-oh. in the MVP conversation. What do you mean? Oh, this MVP? Was, this was one of those performances where you have to start, kind of perk up and say, wait a second, this team is what? What is their record? Mm. Yeah. And he's leading them? Mm. And he's doing it every week? Mm. Cousins is in the conversation. If he yeah. keeps on rattling off Yay. these wins, don't worry if we might see him at NFL Honors enjoying hey. Paul Rudd with a jacket with his name <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Whoa! Wow, Peter Schrager. Hold on. on. Whoa, I didn't realize. It's a Lemmy stepping out on. Didn't realize we were going to have to start the show with with this, but uh, it's Maggie and Jeb with Rami on Score North, bud. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. All right. Judge Mike was off, but he was singing along to that the yeah, whole time. Great was, stuff. Was well, great. my mic was off, so I felt very comfortable singing along. We have, now, we have now entered an episode of Hot Take Police here to start Mackie yeah. and Jeb with Rami. Yes. Is it a hot take yeah. for Peter Schrager to say that Kirk Cousins should be in the MVP conversation? I think I'd give him a ticket. I think, I mean, what are we talking about when we say no, in the conversation? I think it's, uh, I think I'd. It's a citation. Look, I'm not saying it's a felony. I think it's a warning at at worst. Well, first of all, I'm definitely starting by going field sobriety. I might search him for drugs. Which means I have to ask him a lot of questions (laughs) to keep him talking. Because as I have learned on live PD... You would make a good cop. Just keep him talking. The key is to keep him talking so I can can then deduct what the state of mind is. And they will inevitably unravel their own lies. Oh. when, When you just keep him talking. How many uh, games have you watched tonight? <laughs> have you been watching quarterbacks all day? Did you watch the Chicago game? <laughs> just what just once? The quarter of the Green Bay game? Just once? Oh, but you watched the Dallas game. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Why don't you step out of the car? Why don't you step out of the car? I just need, need to talk, talk to you. I, I'm with you, Phil. I think I give him a... I think I give him a warning at this point. I here's my thing. It's not a ticket. We have to it's set not parameters ticket. here before okay. we decide what we're giving. Can I set a very what is, what is simple the, one? When we say the conversation, can what I set is a very simple conversation? One? Okay. I think if Kirk Cousins goes into Seattle and plays really well, and the Vikings win, 
the national media takes that narrative and runs with it. And I don't think he's the leading candidate, but I think he's in there. I don't even know I completely agree, but I think he's in there. Dude, a month ago, I said on this show, I am done with Kirk Cousins, not in terms of like put Sean Mannion in, but that, hey, in a year and a half when his contract is up, I'm good. And there's another part to that conversation we can get to because mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Collar did this today on uh, on Purple Daily. But if you start to look at the way he's played in the last month and then just take like his tail of the tape for the season, okay? And and I get that Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and probably Aaron Rodgers are the three quarterback front runners for MVP right now for good reason. Lamar Jackson has just been ridiculous, and Russell Wilson maybe having a career year. So, so those that's sort of the bar, right? And Pat Mahomes got hurt, so he'll he'll probably emerge back in here at some point. But Kirk Cousins is tied with Russell Wilson with a one fifteen passer rating. He's second behind Pat Mahomes in adjusted yards per attempt. He's second behind Russell Wilson with 21 touchdown passes. He's third in completion percentage. And he's got the second fewest interceptions of any quarterback who's started at least uh, nine or ten games this season. So, like, he's in the mix with all these. And if you look at, if you want to go, like, QBR, ESPN does QBR, and he's seventh or eighth in that category, and I don't know where PFF has him, but, I mean, he's every measurement says top ten this year. And there's a few that say he's kind of knocking on the door of, like, top two or top three in a lot of key categories. Neither of you have answered the question. What does it mean when we say in the conversation? Well, does that just mean top five? Yeah. Because he's top five. I, I think it means but to, to me, it to means me, top five. To me, yes. the, the real conversation is Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. That's the only real conversation to be had about MVP at this point. Now, that might change. There's five weeks left in the season, and Kirk Cousins could work his way legitimately into the conversation. But right now, the conversation is, is the MVP Lamar Jackson or is it Russell Wilson? That's the conversation, and that's it. So I think this, if they go in a week from Monday night, again, play the Seahawks. A year after, Cousins went to the same stadium on a Monday night, and it was a disaster. If he goes in there and plays lights out and plays really well and doesn't throw a pick again and throws two or three touchdown passes and the Vikings win, then I think it qualifies. So I'm telling you... You're telling you telling me he could be in the conversation. I'm te- no, I'm telling you at that point, he is. I, th- I agree. I think it's Lamar and Russell as well, okay? But I think the national media, if Kirk Cousins plays well and the Vikings win their ninth game in Seattle, because the narrative on Kirk will be primetime, right? And it will be the, the fact that despite the fact he's won two primetime games in 2019 so far, he's 0-7 career-wise on yeah. Monday nights. So I think he qualifies to be solidly in this discussion if he beats the Seahawks. And here's why the Seahawks game is the gatekeeper to this whole discussion. And I think if we're going to go with Rami's parameters, which means the MVP discussion is a more closed Area than five or six. I mean, guys. wouldn't you agree? Are we That's really fair. talking like if you were if you were naming the MVP today after eleven weeks of football? Would Kirk Cousins if and we sat in a room and had this debate and had this discussion and we had votes? Is Kirk Cousins really part of the conversation? Is anybody sitting in the room stumping for Kirk Cousins to get votes as not, MVP? Not until he beats Seattle. Right. If he beats Seattle, then all maybe, of a sudden, maybe. Let's see how they beat Seattle. But this is and this is where I want to go. If you know, if you would have asked me going into the Dallas game, and Kirk Cousins had put together some good games against the Giants and the Eagles, and and so he had he had kind of that Chicago game was the low point of his Vikings career, and then he he came back and the scheme was better, and he's got some great weapons around him. So, but when I look at these last couple games, no Adam Thielen, they've had 
injuries and some ineffectiveness with some offensive linemen. And Kirk Cousins has played really well against Dallas and then brought the team back in the fourth quarter, down 20 nothing in the second half. So if, if then they go into Seattle and he plays really well again in primetime on the road, and he is a huge part of the reason why they would go in and beat the Seattle Seahawks, now I'm putting him in the conversation you're talking about, Rami, which is like you're in a room and it's Lamar Jackson and it's Kirk Cousins and it's Russell Wilson. It depends how, it depends how they win that game. If if Kirk Cousins puts the team on his back, yeah. If it's two fifty three touchdowns, and stares down Russell Wilson and beats him in a shootout, maybe. But the thing that still has to happen is Lamar Jackson needs to come back to the pack because he he would still be to me clear cut ahead of Kirk Cousins if he keeps doing what he's doing. That might just make it a one horse race. If Kirk Cousins topples Russell Wilson and evens himself up in this race with with Russell Wilson, that might just mean that it's a one-horse race and Lamar Jackson is your MVP. It all depends how it plays out. So if Wilson and Jackson right now are clear-cut 1-2, probably right now being Jackson first, Wilson second, and let's create, so let's create five names and a second tier. So let's say after... Russell Wilson, you draw a line, and then there's three more names. Delvin Cook has to be in that tier. Who, who are in those? Who are those names right now? Uh, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers, Rogers. I've seen a lot. Yep, Pat Mahomes, just because he's Pat Mahomes and he's amazing. And I don't know if I could if I could put Matt, Pat Mahomes in there with the limited action that he's had, and he's had a couple is, of games that weren't that weren't. Is great Delvin Cook so there, or is Christian McCaffrey there, or uh, are both there? In which case, you would take out a guy like Pat Mahomes. I think there, are you giving how many slots do we get in the second? Well, I'm tier? saying there's five. No, I'm saying there's there's five slots total. The first two are clear cut, line okay. drawn. We all agree that that if the season ended today, it would probably go Jackson Wilson. Now there's three more names in tier two. I think you have to pick a Viking for tier two. So so I guess the question. So I, I, McCaffrey's fair, but also how much are we factoring in how good a team is? And here's the thing: is now. Quarterbacks basically own this award, which is also a conversation and sort of unfair, but it has become a QB, basically. It's become, if you are a position player outside of quarterback, you have to do so much to qualify. Yeah. And it's just because quarterback is the most influential sure. position. And even like Vegas, Vegas assigns point totals to players, and they assign sometimes up to six or seven points for a Tom Brady in his prime. And the best, we, we did this on our show like five years ago, when Adrian Peterson was a 2,000-yard running back, even in Vegas, he was only like a two point player in a like a like if you took Adrian Peterson out, the spread would only move like two points. Mm-hmm. Not because Adrian Peterson isn't wasn't valuable at that point in his career, just because quarterbacks are so top heavy valuable. So I think you have to be really special as a non quarterback to get into that mix. And I think Dalvin Cook belongs in that conversation. So if you had to pick only one Viking to be in that in that conversation, would mm-hmm. it be Kirk Cousins or Dalvin Cook? Personally, right now. I would make it Delvin Cook. Nationally, Cousins. But if if you came to me and said, okay, 11, more valuable 11, ga- Minnesota Vikings? 11 games in, by week, end the season right now, hand out awards. My offensive MVP of the 2019 Vikings right now, Delvin Cook. Same. I agree. But nationally, they're going to say, oh, no, it's got to be the quarterback. 
I, I agree. With I that. don't agree with that, but um, yeah. yeah, and I think I think it's fair to say too that Dalvin, Dalvin Cook opens up a lot for Kirk Cousins. If too. we're all saying Dalvin Cook is the MVP of the Vikings, why doesn't our sheet say should Dalvin Cook be in the MVP because of how this works? Because of how this works? Because Peter Schrager said, yeah. okay, all good right. morning football, fair, man. Fair enough. Pe- fair enough. Peter, we, it was it's an episode of Hot Take Cops. And Peter Schrager, <laughs> we pulled Peter Schrager but over. I think we shined the flashlight in the I car think through our investigation and interrogation. <laughs> we've we've determined. He should be at least cited. If we're all sitting here saying, not only is, a warning. Not only is Kirk Cousins I don't have time to get all these not tickets. in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I'm not running the paper. He's not even either. the MVP of the Vikings. Then that's a hot take violation by Peter Schrager. I'm going to, to need to calm down, sir. No, oh, wait a second. Wait sir, a second. When, when you think of the, the Los Angeles, I'm not going to rough him up. Listen, don't worry about it. The Lakers, the Lakers are I'm taking out my pencil. Don't make me hit you with my pencil. I have my hand on my taser, but that's it. Everybody, stay calm. <laughs> let's, okay, let's take a phone call here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Ryan and Fargo. All right, is, uh, is is should Peter Schrager be put in a hot take jail for saying Kirk Cousins? Jail citation. Okay, for saying Kirk Cousins is in the MVP conversation. I think I agree with you guys about Kirk Cousins. That I I think a meteor is going to have to hit Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson for them not to be in the discussion. I kind of put him in the second tier. Um, I still think he's got a lot to prove and. I, I do have a hypothetical. Like, let's say the Vikings lose to Seattle, kind of like they would have against Denver, but he brings them back. Does that keep him in the discussion for MVP? Uh, I think anything – thanks for the call, Ryan, and thanks for listening. I think anything from this point forward – a lot of this is about perception too, right? It's not like in baseball where voters are literally sorting on fan graphs by wins above replacement and saying, oh, Mike, because there's just a lot of smart analytical voters now. In the NFL, I think you have to put up really good numbers. You have to have a reputation, and it has to be perceived that you are shouldering the load more than usual. Like Russell Wilson, more likely to win MVPs when it's perceived that his receivers are down and he's shouldering a bigger load than if he has everything around him infrastructure-wise, right? So I think if it's perceived that Kirk Cousins is rising up or, or putting a team on his back in the second half, on the road against Seattle, that's going to score him MVP points. That's kind of the formula for Kirk. It has to be perceived that he's the one shouldering a load with a stacked I offense. That. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I got I got into this with somebody during my lunch break on Twitter who thought that I was selling that I sell Kirk Cousins short and that I make Kirk Cousins hater and call this hater because there have been games where I've defended Kirk Cousins and said that's not on Kirk Cousins, dude. And there are games where I I also don't give him praise for when they win. But that's because my stance on Kirk Cousins is this. He's exactly as good as what's around him. And a lot of people want to credit Kirk Cousins with the comeback in the second half, and he definitely deserves his share of the credit and the praise for that. But that game, the tale of two halves, perfectly illustrated what I say about Kirk Cousins. Everything was going wrong around him in the first half, and he looked bad. Things started going well around him in the second half, and guess what? Kirk Cousins looked really good, and led the comeback, but didn't do it by himself. Kirk Cousins isn't going to carry a team on his back, and he's not going to rise above or lift everyone around him up to his level because he's not that dude. Never has been, and I don't think he ever will be. And you have to be that dude to be in the MVP conversation legitimately. Lamar Jackson does that. Russell Wilson does that. And as someone who has everything you just said, I've also been preaching for the entire season and for the last 
year plus with Kirk that he just sort of settles into whatever is around him. And I think when conditions around him are perfect, I think he elevates higher than the average quarterback when conditions are poor. He isn't able to overcome them compared to other quarterbacks because he doesn't really have the legs to do it. He doesn't have the improvisational skills as a quarterback to do it, like a Lamar Jackson or like an Andrew Luck when he was still playing. But where I disagree with Rami, and Judd can be the tiebreaker here, what I saw in the second half on Sunday was not, oh, the whole team got its bleep together and Kirk sort of just rode the wave. It was, now the team was still kind of disjointed in certain ways and Kirk threw a dime to Stefan Diggs and Kirk made some big plays in situations where he really hasn't in the first year and a half as a Viking. So Kirk is a weird guy because he definitely, there are some QBs like Brady who goes out there and is a phenomenal talent and is wired in a way that basically makes that talent consistently shine, okay? Kirk's weird because Kirk's not like that. Kirk is wired in in a way that he needs to get his confidence going, and we've all seen that before. And if he does, he, he can make great plays. The other thing with Kirk, too, that they did in the second half that they didn't do in the first half was by going to essentially two quarters of the two minute drill. They put Kirk in, in a position to get his rhythm going and get his confidence. And Kirk has specific things that Kirk does really well when Kirk is confident. It's really weird. Think about this. He is probably among the starting quarterbacks in this league, the worst in the pocket with pressure. Like he can't shuffle for the life of him. He can't, I don't know what he's lacking mentally, but he's lacking something mentally where if there's pressure coming, he can't feel it. It's why I'm dead serious about stop, drop and roll. Because if you hold on to the football, he's going to get stripped. And and he did on Sunday again. But if you roll him out and put him in, if he rolls out and put and is put in a position to make a play, he throws one of the most beautiful, probably deep balls in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So Kirk's a weird story because he doesn't do it by himself, but if you bring out the skill set, the skill set's really damn good. Which is why I think this goes back to coaching with Kirk is so important. Uh, but this doesn't mean that since that Giants game, guys, he has not been outstanding. He's been great. He has thrown, what, 18 touchdowns. He's thrown one pick, and that pick was against Philadelphia. And if I'm not mistaken, it went off Stefan Diggs' mask, yeah. I think. So the numbers that Kirk Cousins has provided in a span in which I believe the Vikings are 6-1 and one, have been great. And he's thrown some great passes, and he's thrown some daggers to Stefan Diggs that have been beautiful. But Kirk is never going to be a guy who you just say, and I've said this for a long time, go to a Kirk, just go go do this and you'll be fine. Because he really won't. But if you provide him the right environment and the right formula, Kirk Cousins has a lot of talent. Yeah, he something else to remember here, too, and I'm, I'm talking to myself almost more than anybody his per 16-game average as a Viking, he's played 27 games. If you take his numbers and just say, All right, here's his average 16-game stretch as a Minnesota Viking. Uh, he averages 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and he completes 70% of his passes. And if you would have said two years ago, this hey, is the point. Like, you're going to get this with, without the context of where some of those numbers are going to be allocated, that they're, they're not going to come as often... In prime time, they're not going to come as often in situations against winning teams road. Although lately he's been better in those spots, you would have signed up for this. So I think, I think we all would have signed up for this 
And now the question is, can he start to spread around some of that love and some of those numbers more often? Dallas, fourth quarter comeback, things like that. And we'll find out Seattle in about, what, 14 days or so. The frustrating, the the only thing now, in retrospect, that I find to be incredibly frustrating after essentially two years of watching Kirk play is this. How on earth did they go out, they signed Kirk, and then had decided, we've got this young OC and we're going to pair him with Kirk. Kirk's not that guy. Like, that's a Brady thing. Oh, I don't care who my OC is. I'm, I'll be great. So the Vikings deserve criticism in 2018, and I think they deserve credit now for going and getting Kubiak and Stefanski and putting Kirk with coaches who get him because he need, he needs help in that direction, and he's gotten it. By the way, some great stuff today. I'm just going to play a couple clips here from Gary Kubiak talking about uh, Kevin Stefanski, Kirk Cousins. This is, uh, this is Kubiak... And uh, and his conversations with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I don't know how much he changed. I just think he stayed on the grind. You know, I, he and I have had some great conversations. You know, I, I know early in the season, I I made a comment to him after one of the disappointing games, whether it was Green Bay or Chicago. I said, you know what, Kirk, we just got to keep going right back to those situations, and we'll, and we'll get over the hump. We'll we'll improve those situations. So I think it's his commitment to do that, his confidence, and and you know what we're doing, his confidence and his team to to help him get over the hump in some of those situations. I think has been really important. And Kubiak on Stefanski. Kevin has got a bright future. He's very young, very smart. There's a couple of qualities. I was thinking about this the other day. is Being able to be demanding, uh, but being very composed. Th- those are two things that I look for in young coaches. When I know for me as a head coach, when I was looking for guys to come work for me, and those are two things that Kevin does extremely well. Yeah, you know what? It's really been special. Um, you know, I know it's a unique uh I guess, title or job in this league, but does them and Rick could give me a chance to do that. But, you know, it's been fun for me. It's, um, you know, I'm able to sit there with Kevin each day as we game plan and get ready to, to go, go do things. I'm able to be with him in his ear, you know, on a play to play basis as he calls the game on Sunday. So I think it's been really exceptional. We got a, a really good blend of experience on our coaching staff. I'm talking offensively and some bright young minds. So those things go together and Kevin's the one that's really pulled everybody in the same direction and done a great job with it. That's uh, interesting stuff and, and high praise from Gary Kubiak on on Kirk Cousins and, and Kevin Stefanski. And if I'm not mistaken, correct me here, but Gary Kubiak is sort of a an offensive or quarterback guru. He elevated Matt Schaub in Houston from just being a backup who signed a contract to putting up some Pro Bowl. I think he made a Pro Bowl or two. Matt Schaub did threw for a bunch of yards. He had a, basically a backup caliber quarterback playing like one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the NFL. And also, did Peyton Manning, not to give all the credit to Gary Kubiak, but didn't Peyton Manning break a bunch of NFL records, including the touchdown pass record, and put up his best numbers with Gary Kubiak as a head coach in Denver, too? Yeah, I think that's correct. So it's not that surprising that with Gary Kubiak overseeing this whole thing, that Kirk Cousins is also seeing an uptick here right. halfway through his second season. It's actually what the Vikings signed up to have happen. Right? Yes. I mean, this yeah. is what they expected. This is a, a year too late, but yes. <laughs> is it? Oh yeah. I mean, you should have known the one thing the one thing that they clearly didn't do their due diligence on in signing cousins originally was knowing what he had to have. And now they they've got Kubiak who's good, who runs a system that Kirk might not know perfectly, but but he knows. But yeah, I to the Vikings credit, the second year of cousins, it does feel like they've for, handled it they've, right. They put him in a position to succeed, right? I still feel like they right? could have done more with the offensive line. But as far as oh, putting them in, in, in the, the scheme, right though. system and the scheme, scheme right? yes, okay. definitely. Absolutely. Yes, the offensive line, they definitely could have done more. 
the, the results are in, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw. I, I tweeted out oh. last night after mm-hmm. we got done with our show. I just asked the audience and the people on Twitter. Kirk Cousins celebrated his big victory by going to Outback Steakhouse with the family. Yes. <laughs> and we talked about that a little bit on the show yesterday. I don't so, know how everybody's answer isn't Dave and Buster's. Like, if you're going to celebrate something. Hold on. You were the guy yesterday who who originally, to your credit, was offended by the whole chain restaurant idea. Yeah, but then I thought about it. I like that idea more. And you're, you're, you're a fraud, by If the way. you're looking for some place yeah. to you go and celebrate. Us. You savaged us I yesterday. Did. But Dave and Buster's is just awesome. They, they gave you nothing but free stuff. You're just trying to get free stuff again. Maybe. But that doesn't mean that what I'm saying isn't true also. Like, dude, the the, the glowing, like, crazy colored the cocktails of Robin and are not the video games. Like, what, if you're going to celebrate, you're getting mediocre food any chain restaurant you go to. At Dave and Buster's, it's slightly better than mediocre, and you have games to play and awesome cocktails. Well, the the I guess the, we're not the getting people. any chain restaurants advertising on the station anytime <laughs> soon. Thanks for that, Robbie. Exactly. Well done, Robbie. Except for the ones that wanted. The people have spoken. Uh, this thing, this thing, there was like fifty thousand impressions. This thing went viral around the internet, and it has like several hundred responses. And so I went through and just sort of tallied up as much as I could. What are the three most Frequent responses. Uh-huh. Where would you go celebrate? Which chain restaurant would you go celebrate at after a big victory like Kirk Cousins going out back? And here are the three that popped up the most in reverse order. Number three, Chick-fil-A. People okay. just want to go party with a Chick-fil-A That's sandwich. more fast food. I thought we were talking I was gonna say, like I casual, sit down. The casual sit-down dining. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. I'm okay. thinking sit-down here. Beer and play. Uh, the or other wine. The, the other two are very much beer and play. Okay. Chili's popped up the second most often. I can get down with Chili's. Right. That's I actually... That one. Yeah, look, look at this guy over here, right? I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. like, oh, I don't go to chain restaurant. So quickly to backtrack <laughs> yeah. his statements from what yesterday. Robbie Mackle for Chili's. Wow. Bring up Applebee's. See what I say. And the the top answer. Can you guys guess what the top answer is? The most chain? listed chain like, restaurant that people would celebrate. At. I feel like I saw a few people mention Cracker Barrel. Chip Scoggins mentioned Cracker Barrel. It is not Cracker. I've Barrel. never been okay. to a Cracker Barrel. What? Never been to one. It's I've never right. been to one. Oh, dude. And it's okay. You work with Chip, wait, you work yeah. with Chip Scoggins and traveled on the road with Chip Scoggins for we never years. Went to and one. never took you to a Cracker Barrel. No, no, no. Our Star Tribune credit cards took us to far better restaurants than that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, we, we went to places where you enjoyed your meal. The number one, Succulent. The number one most popular Smart. chain restaurant answer. Where, where would people celebrate? Applebee's? Texas Roadhouse. Really? Oh, yes. I didn't By think they far. were that yes. popular. It, dude, it's, it, it was it's like so 50 good. responses were Texas it's Roadhouse. Amazing. Where's it's, the closest one? Isn't it Maple Grove? Oh, I didn't know. There's, There's a, a Texas Roadhouse in Maple no. Grove. The best thing about Rapids, Texas Roadhouse is not Rapids. even like their specialty, which is steak and things of the like. It's, it's toast. It's the bread. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the bread. It's the bread and the oh. cinnamon butter. Oh. I love this guy. Right that here, and peanuts. Rami yesterday is oh, like, I'm yes, not even going to have this conversation. Chain look, restaurants yeah. are jo- the devil. Jonathan, and I look. Yeah. It's food. Oh. All right. <laughs> okay. Robbie's words yesterday were, do you know how many good local restaurants there are? And you're talking chains. And well, I was like, yeah, yeah if you gave that. me a choice to go to one of the great local restaurants that we have here, who I'm Texas open for Roadhouse. endorsements, if you're one of those, or you could go Texas to, Roadhouse or you could go to Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to one of the great local restaurants that we have here in the Twin Cities that I'm very, very happy to endorse if you pay me. That's Robbie Makloff, everybody. It's, yeah. uh, you want to send your endorsement uh, ideas to him it's just uh at rami is tweeting his phone number is i know we got some great one chefs in this town and oh, i want to get do. i want to get the notch. word out for you guys top notch. let me get the word what out the for next you rami's guys? recipes episode coming it's out. a tater tot waffle here's what you do you spread taters frozen tater tots evenly in the single layer across a waffle iron and then you close it 
And then when the bell goes off or the light goes on, dude, are you gonna make make this for? Uh, you open it, make this for Scorpio. And you have YouTube. a tater tot waffle. I, I just what? gained like five pounds listening to you. What tater tot waffle? You're yes. confused by this? No, process? I'm in. I'm oh, in. Okay, I've right. never heard this before. I'm in. Amazing. You didn't. You go, go check out my Twitter timeline. It's quite impressive, uh, gentlemen. We have to have a legitimate conversation about the Minnesota Timberwolves when we come back here. Is this season still about just seeing progress, or have we moved on to W's? Because the Wolves are racking up W's. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. And Federated Insurance is on board with Mackie and Judd with Rami. And they're also on board with giving business owners peace of mind. That is the main phrase when you're talking about Federated. I've been a business owner in my life. It's not easy. You pour your life, your energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense. And that's where Federated Insurance comes in, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, with over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. Federated is here when something bad happens to the company you built. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get back on with running your business. And if it comes down to having to file a claim, you want a company and that face-to-face relationship that gives you comfort in knowing that they have a team of professionals to put their knowledge and experience to work for you. Federatedinsurance.com is where you can go to find a full list of industries Federated protects and to find your local Federated representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with a shortened Score North download. Download the Score North mobile app and make sure you register for listening rewards. This month, one lucky app user will win a $200 Visa gift card just for having the mobile app. All you have to do is download the app, register that app, and enter through listening rewards, and you have a chance to win a $200 Visa gift card. That's been your Score North download. Now we have a wild minute with Judd Zolgad. Oh, this is thrilling, thrilling stuff. I want you to look at the standings. I want you to pull out your newspaper, pull up ESPN.com, TSN.ca. I don't care what it is. I want you to look at the standings right now. TSN.ca. Sportsnet.ca. Where, you know he goes there. Wherever he you, oh, I go, oh, I go there. Go right. And you know wow. what? Sometimes I don't come back. Judd, wow. you, you ever dim the lights late at night and put on some TSN.ca on your computer? If you don't think I do, you don't know me very well. And when I look at those standings, as we enter play tonight in the National Hockey League, you will see the Minnesota Wild with 16 points at the bottom of the standings. Not the Central Division, not the Western Conference, the very bottom of the NHL standings. As of today, the Minnesota Wild would have the greatest chance to win the lottery. If we could end the season today, and I'd like to. It's a success. The Minnesota Wild are the worst team in the National Hockey League. They play Buffalo tonight at 6 o'clock very quickly. Kevin Fiala benched for the last 7.55 of the game on Saturday after a turnover in the third period against Carolina. If that happens again, I have serious problems with my guy, Boudreaux. I love Bruce, but let Fiala play. This is ridiculous. Your team's bad. It's okay to be bad. I feel like there's a lot of people still resisting this movement. There are, and this is why I'm so... The Wild meta is firmly, firmly behind the direction of this team. And by the way, too, here's, here's why... It's just best to let go and accept this. The fans have no hope. Like, people aren't showing up for games. Tickets aren't being sold. And you know what? That's okay. But any notion of, well, if we could just turn this puppy around maybe in February and fans will show up, they're not going to. Yeah. So just let it go. Uh, get Capers off here next year. Make some trades. Get your draft pick. Move on. By the way, that's I a would, wild minute. And I would tie this in, and 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 I would suggest you go to nhl.com slash wild slash tickets. If you want to watch, we're early on this movement, okay? 
We're if, if, if you're watching this movement, NHL.com slash wild slash tickets to get wild tickets. If you're watching this movement and you're resisting it and you're thinking, Dubnik, she sucks and oh, they don't. <laughs> Let it go. Why did you just have a seizure? Let it go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> was that what that noise was? <laughs> oh my God. Dubnik's terrible. <laughs> Let <Wow>. it go. <laughs> Free yourself from the angst and follow the path that Judd Zolgad has paved for us here. We should be root, we should be celebrating the multi-year playoff run yes. and also celebrating this golden opportunity to get a franchise-changing player near the top of the draft. Not to That's mention how you rebuild faster. Kaprasov is going to to come over from the KHL next year. He is a if not franchise-changing, he is a goal scorer who's yeah. going to help you. I don't think I've ever been this at peace and I'm serious about this with the direction of this franchise. Like when they got Parisi and Suter. I don't Suter, know if you've ever been this sad piece. It was, it was great. And this period. It just didn't work. I'm just completely. You're very saddened about this whole thing. Well, and as Phil will tell you, I have spent years in this chair melting down about this team and being mad. And I'm not mad now. I, I am accepting the direction of things. And I honestly sort of like it. I've got it. I'm, try, I'm trying to I'm find happy it. I'm happy for it. I don't know I did that. <laughs> we need some alliteration here. Uh, 2000, when's the next draft? 2020? 2020 yep. NHL uh, draft prospects. Uh, is there a, is there a player with the Who's last guy? Name? Who is there someone with the last name of a T? Tank for something? <laughs> tank for someone? Yeah, yeah tank for Tua in the NFL. I would have right? to look. In fact, in oh, fact, here we go. Yeah, oh yeah. Who's the Alexis Lafreniere? Lose for Lafreniere. Oh yeah, that just rolls right out. How about the that? Too much, that man. Rolls That's right the I don't know. <laughs> I guess. It, yeah, if oh, you here we go. go. Okay, Quentin. Tweeting that. Quentin Byfield is the second best prospect. How about let pucks go by for Byfield? Mm. Let's work no. on this off the no. air. Okay. Yeah, let's work off this. You should probably stop on pitching this. these on the air. Okay. Yeah. By the way, seven o'clock tonight. Judd's hockey show. Judd and Declan, and Declan is giving us per episode a top prospect. So we we had one last week. A new one introduced a potential top five pick. That the Wild might get. And right now, they're in very good position to do that. Like Lucas Raymond, where you could rack up losses for Raymond? Lose for Lucas. That would work, too. <laughs> That's probably better. Can we just go to the Wolves talk now? Sure. Take a long road around. I killed the hockey talk. What does that say? Okay, Carl Anthony Towns. I didn't see the first half of the game yesterday. I, I I basically tuned in when they were down by six points late in the game. I turned it on when I locked up my fantasy football victory on that interception by the Chiefs. Nice. Yes. That a boy. Yes, sir. And the Timberwolves went on a ridiculous run. Carl Anthony Towns takes 15 threes and hits half of them last night, uh, was just popping threes from the top of the key to put the Wolves over the top. And after last night's win, the Timberwolves are now 8-6. and six. They would be in the playoffs as an eight seed right now against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. Uh, there are eight teams above 500 in the Western Conference. The team behind the Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings, are five and seven. And now that Golden State's out of it, Golden State's two and 12. They're done. They're tanking. The Spurs have lost six straight games. They're five and nine. And then you get a bunch of teams like the Kings and Grizzlies. The Blazers are five and nine. So. One of you guys posed this question in an email we were kicking around before the show, so let's let's pose it to to the room and to the audience. This season started with, hey, wins and losses don't really matter. Don't it's care. about a new system. Right. Kind of where Judd is with the Wild. That's kind of where we were where we were with the Wolves when this season started. Not like totally tank, like you didn't want him to trade off Carl Anthony Towns or anything like mm-hmm. that. Some idiot threw that out there. But 
that's kind of where we what, were. What type of human? I being don't know, would man. Do some there's dope. no no some one's that nice dumb. Some hot take artist. Yeah, we'll pull you over too. <laughs> Ridiculous. Where I'm at with this now is, and by the way, last night they did it without their best player, Andrew Wiggins. Yes, it's absolutely. Be coming back. One and two now without Wiggy. If Andrew Wiggins is going to be this player going forward, and Carl Anthony Towns is like one of the five or six best players in the NBA, I'm no longer in wins and losses don't matter. I'm in. Let's do this darn thing. I am too. Go make the playoffs. I am Go get too. some actual experience. Go add to this team. I wanted this is that. Your core. These I guys want, are in their prime. I wanted that win last night, and I was expecting stress free viewing of Wolves basketball this year, other than Andrew Wiggins, if he didn't follow the system that they set forth for him. I wasn't expecting to like be tense or or worried about the outcome of a game. And last night, I wanted that win. I wanted that win for the Wolves last night, and I didn't expect, I don't know how many games we are into the season, 16, 17? I didn't expect 16, 17 games into the season to be actually caring or wanting wins for the Wolves. Yeah. When your superstar player, Carl Anthony Towns, is... Five years into his career, he's 24 years old. If he was 20 or 21, all right, that dude's emerging into his prime. Like, this is the age where you start to rack up MVP awards if you're one of the top five players in the NBA. So, to me, the 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 training wheels are off. I get that this team's not perfect, but I am also hunting for wins now. I'm with Rami, Judd. No, oh, I'm not. I, I'm not at all. I here's here. Okay, the Wild, I actively want to lose. Are you going to tell us to be at peace with whatever happens no, with the Wolves? the Wild, I actively, I want them to lose as much as possible. I don't care about points. I, I'm all for playing young players, about not benching them. The Wolves, if they can win, great. But I am, but I am at peace with the fact that they're, what, 14 games in now? It's a long year. There could be a period. There could be a month. There could be two months of some struggles. If they maintain this, fantastic. That's great. Because if Towns makes the playoffs, there's no downside there. So, like, if these guys play playoff games and get bounced in round one again, I don't see a downside. But that being said, if they get to February and hit some skid, I'm also not going to be upset. I So... I wouldn't say that I'm into chasing wins. If they continue to, to play well, that's okay. Now, but here, and here's my question. When Wiggy gets back and Towns is playing, because on Friday night, they looked awful, but they didn't have, they didn't have Andrew, which is an incredible thing to say because ordinarily be like, so I what? Know, I can't believe that we're, it's so, true, and we are now framing this as in, well, Wiggins didn't play. So that, but I am not into chasing wins here. So if they don't, that's fine too. It's kind of a win-win at this point. That's because, how I see because it. Because right now, I am in, I want results, I want wins, I want playoffs, but should they have a slide, like Judd said, and fall completely out of the playoff picture, I can switch that right off and go right back to wins don't matter mode and let's see where this team is at the I end of the season. I don't see a downside to this. Yeah. You know, okay, you? Uh, there is none. This, is, go, this is a I house can, money I can, season. I can flop back and forth over that line of I care and I don't really care yeah. about results. You know, and when you have a bona fide, solidified top five to seven superstar player on your team, and that's what that's what Carl Anthony Towns has become. I mean, if you any measurement, eye test, yeah, points, I rebounds, agree. if you want to look at efficiency stats, that dude. Sure. If you right now, if you rank NBA players first month month plus of the season. On uh, win shares per 48, pick your favorite analytic, right? He's fourth. Giannis, LeBron, Cat, like he's in that category. When you have that kind of a player, Anthony Davis was that player in New Orleans and had mostly garbage around him for a couple years. And 
like they were sniffing around the eight seed. If you've got that kind of a player and garbage around you, you still sniff around for an eight seed. Carl Anthony Towns might have a legitimate top 30 sidekick in, Andrew, in this version of Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. They've got a system that's modern. They're shooting threes. So and I, some games, I, think the, make... I think the floor for this team is like knocking on the floor is knocking on the door for the eight seed. The one thing that I will say about chasing wins and why it could be good is the fan base. Because the Wild needs to accept that fans have bailed, basically, and they're bad, and that's fine. It, it's a ground floor thing, rebuild, that's cool. The Wolves are actually an entertaining product, and fans are still, that, that building is still largely not filled up. And so if you are Glenn Taylor or you run this team, there is something to be said for milking wins, because at some point in time, this if that team's playing well, this is not a bad basketball town. No, it's, if, yeah. But they have not adopted this team yet. But I think if you go watch this team and they're all playing and Towns is a superstar player, I think people are going to to re-engage at some point here. Mm-hmm. Not trying to say the Target uh, Center would be sold out, but I am saying that I think there is a case to be made that fans, if they give this team a chance, will like this team. I mean, think about all the damage that this franchise has done to the fan base yep. over 15 to 20 years. Absolutely. And- you know, I've I've had a chance to talk with just a bunch of different. I, I it's been fun getting to meet new decision makers over there and hear about the vision and the new energy, and the one running theme behind the scenes over there from Gerson Rosas even to Jim Peterson on the broadcast side, they are fully aware of how bad the relationship was between fans and the team, and they fully understand. All right, it's not just going to be an overnight thing. Even if we start winning. There's just a lot of equity to be built there. When you are that bad, and not just losing games, when you are when you're creating embarrassing headlines, and when you're drafting two point guards back to back, not Steph Curry, like all the different punchlines that have added up. If you're a Wolves fan, it's hard to dust off your Wolves gear and decide I'm going to go spend money on season tickets. Like it's it's going to be a slow build. And then back, you had but... the blessing of Carl Anthony Towns falling in your lap via the lottery and. Instead of capitalizing on that and becoming a force to be reckoned with, you went and became the worst thing you can be in the NBA, which is middle of the pack, like just outside the playoff picture and not really in, in the running for to get in the lottery again and add somebody yeah. to play alongside Carl Anthony Towns. That's that's probably the worst thing you could have done following Carl Anthony Towns is fall not to the bottom and get another guy but to fall to the middle and no real hope for progress in the future. I would also say I know they're only they're actually 14 games into the season. So it's what are they what's the math? 1 sixth of the way through the season. So there's still still a lot to be played out here and 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 we'll see how Ryan Saunders does and I think though after 14 games Gerson Rosas plus Ryan Saunders and the system that they've created and the structure that they've built they are elevating this roster a lot more than Tom Thibodeau was yes. elevating his roster. Yes. I mean, to have Towns and Butler and... Or David Kahn. Like, or... th- this version of Wiggins was available to anybody who wanted to unlock it. Right. I mean, this version Agreed. of Wiggins was available last year. He was available two years ago, and Tom Thibodeau didn't know the code to unlock it. And he had Jimmy Butler as well, one of the top 15 players in the NBA, and they were grinding. And they... You know, at one point, they were like the third seed in the Western Conference, so injuries did play a, play a role. But I think... I think these guys are squeezing more out of this roster than Tom Thibodeau was out of a better roster. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody could disagree on that. When you look at the talent on paper that Thibodeau had and and what Saunders and Rosas are working with now, 
I don't know that anybody could debate that. Probably not. Yeah. And, and they are, to me, too, is if they make the playoffs, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine. But they definitely, and this took Glenn a long time, but if you look at the amount that he's spending behind the scenes on people now and on structure and things, they are fine. They basically look to me like they took what the Twins did and said, that works, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's basically the same thing. And down to, if they make the playoffs this year, it's going to feel a lot like the Twins in, what, 2017? With the first year of Derek and Thad. When you're like, eh, it's a quick pop-up right there. Probably... Probably not sustainable for the long or for the short term, but it's a definite sea change. But Glenn has done. You know, if you think about Phil, how how much that organization seemed to be for so long run on the cheap and decisions were really poor and just a lot of things. This is like modern NBA has been adopted. Yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five. By the way, we're going to get to pretty soon here. Rami put together. A Thanksgiving food committee. Well, I, I didn't. The FCS committee did. Oh. The Food Championship Series Committee, okay. which I commissioned. Got it. Okay. I hope food. they're not incompetent like most of those committees are. We'll find out. <laughs> When's the ranking show? <laughs> yeah. Tonight? We'll, we'll be announcing. Well, we announced the brackets today. The rankings okay. are. Where's the Alabama? Rankings are, the rankings are, We do have to seed them, I guess, don't we? Maybe you guys could help me with the seeding. We'll, we'll do that shortly. Get here. into that in a second. Yeah. All right. Miguel, what's up, Miguel in Minneapolis? What up, baby? What's happening, Mike, man? Baby? Man, it's been a while, sir. Matt, so, uh, Miguel, are you gonna you, you, Miguel you're, you're and I talk on, all the time? Back on Ventline, and uh, welcome to Mackie and Joe with Rami. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been with Judd since the beginning of this thing when he was with Fun. So it's been a long ride, Judd. It has been. It has. Hey, been. Judd has Judd has so many stories about fifteen hundred ESPN to unlock at some point. <laughs> yeah. There's a book in this. Guy. I'm like Wiggy. <laughs> We're I'm all suppressed. Memoirs, fifteen hundred memoirs. What up? Look, <laughs> This team, I hear, I hear what you're saying, Mac Daddy. I hear you. I really do. But it's kind of the look. Andrew Wiggins just—he's uh, a frustrating player, right? Not anymore. I well, we'll see. We'll he's see. A I don't know. Now. I'm, I'm just—I'm not a big. I'm not. Look, look I, I get it. Shooting twenty-five shots, twenty-five points. I get it. James Harden's around the same thing. So people want to complain about him like that. Like, get over that. James Harden shoots 40 shots a night to get 40 points sometimes. It's, it's just how it works. But my thing is with Towns, and when you were talking about with Thibodeau and all that, well, Tibbs got him when he was young. Towns has, has became – he's a better player now than he was at any point with Thibodeau. And some of that is coaching and system. And you can see that especially like in the NFL, like Lamar Jackson around. So that's why when people say, well, we should have drafted him. No, because we don't have the right coach or system around. And coaching and system matters a lot, uh, especially when you got these young guys and you're trying to groom something. And so my problem with the Wolves is, is the playmaking ability still from that point guard position or someone on the floor who's actually going to be able to create easier shots for your stars where he doesn't have to shoot 30 shots to get 30 points. And that's the issue with me. And also when I look at it and you're talking about the duels in the Western Conference, Talent wise, yeah, you look like you should be like Wiggins and Towns should get you to an eight seed. They they should at least fight for that right now, and even in a a very tough Western Conference, because you have Carl Anthony Towns, who is one of the better players in the whole NBA. Never mind his conference, just the whole NBA. And so, this team is going to have to figure some things out with Wiggins coming back. It looks promising, um, but look when you think about the deal and the hindsight twenty twenty. 
you can think about a team with marketing and towns up front and the spacing that would give a Wiggins and having a playmaker guy, that would be awesome to see. That's Miguel in Minneapolis. He's our guy. Take care, Miguel. Thank you, sir. See you, buddy. Uh, brings up some good points. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, for the record, yes, he is shooting a lot more. He's he's uh, he's actually averaging 21 shots per game, but he's scoring 26 points per game. And and there, there's been a lot of times in his career, like last year, he was basically point for shot, which is terrible. Like yeah, if you, you don't to, want that. No, no. Point for shot is bad, and he's more efficient than point for shot now. So if he comes back and he plays this same way for the rest of the season, the Timberwolves are 100% making the playoffs if, if there's no injuries. And that's, then, and then that's imagine. That's a guarantee right there. It is. Write this down. If, if, oh, okay. Write this down. Right there. In fact, just write this down straight up. The Timberwolves are making the playoffs. I already did that. You have to one-up me. Yeah, he did that. And they'll win like three at weeks ago. Least. Give me a seed. I predicted that three weeks ago? No, I did. Oh. And Rami predicted it last I'll week. save the one-up for Friday. All right. And they're going to win the... NBA championship. How about that? In three years. <laughs> if they add D'Angelo dot, Russell. Dot, dot, dot. As well. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. It's turning into a parlay suddenly. <laughs> uh, all right. Championship committee. What's so, this committee called? It's the FCS, the Food Championship Series oh, okay. Selection Committee. And uh, today, and that committee consisted of me, Matthew Collar, and Manny Hill. That was the entire committee and suggestions from Score North listeners via Twitter at Score North. And this is what we came up with. You have four brackets. Two of the brackets were kind of easy to come up with, at least in our eyes. Dessert, there are four pies that are on any legitimate Thanksgiving table. That's pumpkin, pecan, apple, and sweet potato. Can anybody argue with that? Sweet potato? I've never Sweet really potato pie is not my thing, but this I've isn't, never really thought of this that isn't about what I the first, like. The this is about three. what's popular, and I would say... I think, it, I think that's a fair list. The first three are the most popular, but yeah. sweet potato is a distant fourth. That's, I, I that's, think, the, that's the four seed in the, first in three the again, bracket, right? Pumpkin, pumpkin, pecan, apple, and sweet potato. Pumpkin, pecan, and apple are your heritage franchises, your Alabama, right. LSU, and yes. your Oklahoma. How would and you, sweet potato is definitely at large for me. It's yeah. like it's like the like when Baylor pops up or something. Is pumpkin the one seed? Pumpkin's got to be one seed, right? Yeah, for Thanksgiving, pumpkin's the one seed. Pecan yeah. two or is apple pie two? Probably apple two and pecan three. Depends on the yeah, region, it's but be apple two. Apple's I'm a bigger pecan guy, way bigger pecan. I love pecan pie. I think there's a huge drop off between the top three seeds in the for four. Sure. Here. I agree. I feel like the, sweet potato is the is the dog. I feel in like this. I feel like sweet potato could be one up by something very easily. And you know, I'm I'm open to making changes here, and this just can occurred we, to me. Can we think of a different one? Danny the other day brought up cheesecake. Which is on Ooh. some Thanksgiving yeah. tables. Would you replace? Mine. You would know, you replace sweet potato pie with cheesecake? Wait, it, Jonathan, you're saying that I've never seen a cheesecake on a Thanksgiving? No, table. I have. I just like cheesecakes. So yeah, yeah, it's always <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Thursday, you know what? In this state, Man- I would say yes. Day. Manny was part of the original cake. committee, and he he represented sweet potato pie. I feel bad taking it out with no, Manny okay, not here to make out. the case. That's fine. Yeah, let's. Just, no, I mean let's. I, I, listen, I I don't have any confident fourth answer, and so if someone, if Manny is confident in the fourth thing, right. then let's let's leave it. Okay. Now main core. Do we have a playing game for that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a playing game for this four seed. I'm eating I'm, my pie in Dayton, you know Ohio. <laughs> Jonathan, good point. The commissioner is going to consider a playing game between cheesecake <laughs> and sweet potato pie. Oh, I like it. I'm going to write that down. On True TV? All right, play in. Let me do a little bragging. I'm going to eat on True TV. Now Let's we see. have to figure out where True TV is again. Right. Exactly. For the main course, I, I and Eagle can do play-by-play. <laughs> I thought just turkey and ham. And again, Manny, a very valuable member of the selection committee for the FCS. He brought up a good point. There are different ways to 
cook a turkey. You have your traditional oven roasted turkey. Some people are deep frying their turkeys. Some people, like it's myself, true. will smoke a turkey. I smoke a turkey every year, and it's delicious. Smoked turkey is the best. So I put in three kinds of turkey. Wow. Uh, oven roasted, fried, and smoked, and then ham. Again, probably the fourth seed and the underdog in this bracket. Are there any? Somebody threw wow. in like Cornish hen. No. No. Somebody no. threw in the turducken. Not enough people have experienced a turducken, I Man. think, to yeah, vote only, on it. Only John Madden's yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're being very fair. And ham has to be on there, and it is. So I think that's But it's a, the fourth seed, right? Is oven roasted the one seed, the traditional yes. oven roasted turkey? Is yeah, that the one seed? I feel yeah. like ham's more of an Easter and a Christmas meat. It's on it's on the Thanksgiving table though. It's usually more and more too, it. I yeah. think. How would we rank the the three different kinds of turkey? Give me the three again. Oven uh, roast, oven, oven roasted, oven's the cla- oven's yes. the classic number fried one. Fried and smoked. Uh, I would say fried is probably two and smoked. I'm, smoked is probably a three. I'm right. fine with that. And then ham is the four seed. Sure. Okay. All right. Now the most difficult and this consists of two brackets because there are so many good contenders in this area mm-hmm. that we had to come up. We had to give them eight, and also just to make it an even sixteen team bracket so we can whittle it down to one final championship. Here's what we came up with, and I think this is where we'll run into debate and controversy. <laughs> Mashed potatoes. We combined rolls slash cornbread as one as one dish. And I know they're I don't different. Do cor- I don't do there was there was some debate so. there, but that's mm. that's what we came okay. up with. Let's keep going. Yep. Stuffing. Yep. Gravy. Yep. Mac and cheese. Yep. Hot dish because we're in Minnesota. Green bean casserole mm-hmm. and cranberry sauce were the eight that made the two brackets. What was the last one? Cranberry sauce. Can I ask a question? Sure. Are yams considered? That was they People did not love sweet potatoes. Is that, yeah. are you putting yams candied, and sweet potatoes? Candied yams slash sweet potatoes okay. yes. did not make the list. Oh, dude, oh, see, I think oh, has, yeah. I, I think that's a staple. But what are you taking this. out? I mean, literally anything. Like, take out the hot dish. Well, does anyone put hot dish? Hot dish is not a main Thanksgiving dish. It's this. separate. I think hot it's dish something is separate else. from Thanksgiving. Yeah. Somebody tweeted in uh, tater, uh, not tater tot, but hash brown, hash brown casserole, which I interpreted as hot dish. It sounds good, but I would say if no you want to put Thanksgiving, if you're going to put a green bean, no, here, you have to put hot dish on. Green bean casserole is a hot dish category. Ca- casseroles and hot dish, preach. I mean that's the same I'm category. Yes, yeah, sure. you can't you cannot leave sweet potatoes out. of I this. think green bean casserole deserves its name on the billboard. I think it's and it's not my favorite, but it's one of the most. I don't think for a Thanksgiving thing we have to have the generic hot dish. It's too generic. So we're saying take out. I don't think hot dishes. Honestly, dude, I'm taking mac and cheese out. No, if, if, no, 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 no. Sweet that's, potatoes are above mac and mac cheese. And cheese mac is, and cheese is mac and cheese. That's I championed for mac and cheese as commissioner for Thanksgiving. I am not removing that's, mac and cheese. Yes. Dude, how can you guys say that what? sweet potatoes are I'm, not in the conversation of a 16-item ma- Thanksgiving food bracket? I'm what is wrong with you guys? Because when mac we- and cheese over sweet potatoes. Yes. On Thanksgiving. Yes. No, Every Thanksgiving. No, no, no. Every no. Thanksgiving. The committee is out of control. Mac and also, cheese. by the way, hold on a second. I've never had mac and cheese Okay, you guys are frauds, by the way. You're going to put green... Who who really dives into the green bean okay, casserole? Okay, now hold on. Now hold on. This You have to remember, because I'm not a big green bean casserole guy, but this isn't about is what anybody? I, it's not about what I like or what you like. Green bean casserole is on just about every Thanksgiving table, and there's a reason for that. And that's true. I think hot dish is too generic to be on this list. Hot I dish made it simply because of the region that we're in. And, no. I, and I, that's that's a stereotype that I find offensive. 
<laughs> You've offended me. I'm going to judge on this. Yeah. It's too generic. So we're, too generic. That's like putting meat. Oh, meat. What is it? It's, I it's Fargo, more. right? So you're yeah. saying hot, Minnesota. Dish, hot dishes out for sweet potatoes? Yes. Yes. Yeah, sweet potatoes. Slash, slash sweet potato- candy yams? Sweet potatoes has to be on this list. All right. Yeah. And yeah. your number one seed in that category is stuffing because it is the most versatile See, we food. Two, we need two one seeds. And I agree. Stuffing is one. That's right. Then it's the one, the one seed in both brackets and we're kicking something else out. No, mashed potatoes is the other. Why two one seeds? I, I think ju- because we have, we we have four eight regions. sides. So those okay. are two different 14 brackets. I'm fine with both those. Both those are fine. Mashed potatoes and stuffing are yes. our two one seeds? Yes. I think that's absolutely. fine. Absolutely. All right. I love mashed potatoes. Okay. And then. Um, we still have to figure out the rest. For me, I know you guys are knocking it. Mac and cheese is a two seed, man. Mac and cheese. I don't know, man. I, I think you're. I think that's a you thing. Why is gravy separate than mashed potatoes? Because you can just you, you put, can it, put on it on anything. anything. Okay, yeah, I think gravy's got to be a two seed. Gravy's, yeah, gravy's a, two a two seed. seed. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not going to fight you on the mac and cheese as a two seed. Okay. But I will fight you that sweet potatoes have to be in the mix. So I think mac and cheese is mac a and you, cheese. I think what? that's a you thing, man. I, put, I don't think I've that's never a, had it for Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, it's what? more popular than you think. Sweet potatoes is a, a three seed. Then is that what you're saying? I don't get cranberry sauce. For me, cranberry sauce is a four seed. Oh, I'm a big cranberry sauce guy. I don't Love even know. What, I don't even know what to do with it. Well, we got a break right now. This is important stuff. Jonathan's we're going like to break frantically trying to get us to break. And Jonathan, uh, do you know what we we're will, trying to do. Here? We, we will come out with the final version yeah, of this on over. Score North Twitter, Score North Instagram, and Score North Facebook. All right. So you go back, committee. Go back. Finish the seating this is process. Controversial right now. And we will uh, we'll spend some time on this. All right. I have some work to do after we get done talking about. See you around. Bye. Luther Brookdale Toyota. <laughs> I have work to do. I have, I have to leave now. Bye. Six ninety four in Brooklyn Boulevard. You know, uh, love driving around this RAV4. Love the heated seats. Love the safety features. I love that. I don't know anything about cars, so I love that. I love that the people at Luther Brookdale Toyota and Toyotas in general just make it easy for guys like me uh, that just don't know that much about cars. I love that when the temperature drops below a certain point, the safety features on my car literally chime in and say, "Hey, the roads might be icy. Here's a button you can push to drive easier in snowy, icy conditions." It's great. Uh, the reason I continue to choose Luther Brookdale Toyota year after year, two reasons specifically. The people in the cars. The people are friendly and knowledgeable. The cars are some of the most durable vehicles in the world. And uh, you can find out for yourself why my family and I have been going to Luther Brookdale Toyota for 30 plus years. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. When we come back, I got a text a couple days ago with some info about ESPN's college game day. Mm. Mackie and Joe with Rami. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's a tough loss. It hurts. It should hurt. It's a rivalry game. This is what this is what college football is all about. Football matters in the state of Minnesota. It matters nationally. It's a good thing. It's not like Iowa didn't know that. They knew that. The fans out there knew that. This is one game. Everything we want and everything we wrote down is right in front of us. Nothing's changed. If we would have won that game, you still got to go find a way to beat Wisconsin under there. And then if you go to the Big Ten Championship, you got to find a way to beat the East opponent. So, again, it matters because it's a game, and every game matters. But everything is still right there in front of us. P.J. Fleck, after that disappointing loss to Iowa, Mackie and Jub with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. And, gentlemen, I got a text message. On Saturday night. Who are your sources? Give up your sources, Phil. Anonymous? High-level ESPN college game day source. 
someone who would know, texted me and said, for what it's worth, I think there's a good chance we're in Minnesota in two weeks for Wisconsin Gophers. Can I go so far as to assure that that will happen? It, it's Are you sourcing this too? No, it, no, I'm saying it's going to happen. I am assuring it. You can write that down. It's going to happen. File that away. Um, There's no way, unless the Gophers lose at Northwestern, and Northwestern is is awful. They're not bad. And, you know, Wisconsin's going to beat Purdue, right? One would think at home. They should, this although is, Purdue's paying their coach enough to where they should probably at least flirt with winning <laughs> that game at some point. That was their mistake. Jeff Brom's like the fourth highest paid coach in college football. But this Go said, make that a sweat, please. In two, week, in two weekends from now, we will have one of the great Minnesota football weekends, in my mind, in history, right? We're going to get it 48 hours apart, yeah. And Monday night, Vikings at Seattle. How great is this going to be? Yeah. So... I'm looking at the other games that weekend, and I think if Minnesota and Wisconsin both hold serve, um, you got Oregon, Oregon State. There's no way that's no. going to be a thing. West, the West Coast football scene's awful right now, too. You got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They're both ranked, but they, I feel like they've done that a million yeah, times. Yeah, good for them. No, they're they're done. actively hunting for new storylines. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, you got Ohio State, Michigan, but they're doing. Aren't they doing Ohio State, uh, Penn State this coming weekend? And they've done that a million times yeah, too. Yes, Ohio State, Michigan State. Yes, Auburn, Alabama. But again, they just did Alabama, LSU. So there's other games they could definitely Florida State, Florida, but Florida State's terrible. Just fired a coach. They're not going to do that game. Mm-mm. So I think they're. I, I think it would take. Something it would really take like Wisconsin losing to Purdue to to not show up to Minnesota in a couple weeks. Yep. So if that happens, two questions for you guys, and this might be a little tougher for Rami because he doesn't have the he's an out of towner. I don't know if you guys know that Uh, Rami's not from Minnesota. (laughs) Somebody on Twitter definitely knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody pointed that out all day to Rami today. Um, Where where should they set up shop for game day? (laughs) Where on campus? And who should be the celebrity guest picker for the games? Ooh. I think they're going to have to take, um, much to the dismay of probably some tailgaters, they're going to probably have to take part of a tailgate lot, right? I don't know how they can do that, though. I, mean, how do I, they, I don't think you can. Because people pay for those spots, right? Are they sure, going to have to like, re- they like, probably, compensate those people? They, yeah, and they'd probably stick them on TV and, and give them different <laughs> spots or something. Okay, if our friend, our mutual friend Nadine Babu from Gopher Hole was, said, was told, hey, we, we, need, we need that little corner spot there because we're setting up college game day, She'd be furious. <laughs> you know, not if they assured her that she could hold a sign, though, and be in, and, and they might actually just relocate their tailgate and Maybe. show it a little bit. Is there any way they would shut down, like, a main vein street like they do? I think they do that in Fargo when they go up to NDSU. Yeah, they do. Is uh, there a street you, right around the stadium that they can I mean, do that at? You can't shut down University Avenue because no, that's literally where everyone but drives But you could to. shut down Is the there no large streets? plaza or like field of grass somewhere around the stadium that not, you can just plop down a set in? Tailgate not, lots. Not People really. pay for them. Yeah, no, there's not. You could shut down like, what's is it Oak Street that but goes the, by Stub and Herbs or something? Yeah, the, and the street on the back end there that goes back by those tailgate lots past Mariucci on the back side of the hockey arena theoretically i think you probably could get away with closing those off or would you do it in like the would you do it in the courtyard area over by uh, Kaufman Union would you do it just in the middle even no, the you stadium's gotta be close to the stadium, background right i think you got to be close to stadium yeah, i don't know um who knows but i started putting together just like a list cuz i i threw the question out of all right who's the celebrity guest picker and and it can be there's there's different categories like last week they had who's the is it chip and something uh 
from it's some like house remake show or flip your house show. The brothers? No, it was no. A, it was a guy and a wife. Chip, I think his name is Chip. There's probably people screaming at their radios right now. Like, They're, I don't watch the show, but it's popular. I feel like every guy who hosts some kind of home improvement show's name is Chip. Yeah, <laughs> or looks like he should be. <laughs> or named looks Chip. like his name should be Chip. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. So you can. There's like the celebrity angle. There's the former athlete angle. Uh, there's the like Jerry Lawler, for instance, did the celebrity guest picking in Memphis because he's a Memphis guy. Would your guy? Possibly be be it. Well, Ric Flair's been pining for it. Yeah, I know. Ric Flair. He spent a semester at the University of I Minnesota. I know, but he's Ric Flair. <laughs> he's, That's enough of a connection for Minnesotans <laughs> to say he's one of us. Yeah, I, and ESPN would love it. I've got a few guys. No, it's I, not going to be Ric Flair. I pulled up a list of uh, sure. celebrities from Minnesota, and I'm learning as we go along here. Do you guys know Vince Vaughn is from Minnesota? Yes. Yes. In fact, he came back for a gopher game at the Metrodome, and I, I saw him at the local... After the game, drinking beers really? probably 10 years ago. That yeah. might be a really? good pick. Jesse yeah. Ventura? Jesse Ventura is an interesting mm. one. I'm tired I don't know of that if one. Do it. Kevin Sorbo? <laughs> he's Kevin on our Sorbo show from Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, he's from Mound. He, he, he was on our show once. <laughs> Did he mention that? <laughs> yes. We knew that. He was, you had Hercules on your show? <laughs> he said in the seat you're sitting in right now. What? Yeah, he, oh, wow. He's from Mound. <laughs> I didn't know I was touching <laughs> the same butt as greatness. Um, <laughs> We've changed chairs since then. Sean but, William <laughs> Scott, Stifler from the American Pie movies. That he would be would, amazing. He would be perfect. He would be. Um, Louis Anderson? Yeah. I think that's kind of an overplayed one. Louis Anderson. Uh, <laughs> that's my Louis Anderson I don't know if impression. he cares about going for football one bit either. The Cohen brothers? Yeah, from St. Louis Park. I don't know how exciting they are on a, on a dais for a pregame show. That's pretty much it. These names are getting more and more obscure well, as I go. Roger so, Maris ain't going to do it. No, he Roger Maris is from Minnesota? I guess Roger Maris. I thought he was from like Fargo or okay, but Larry Fitzgerald. So there's a, a bunch of suggestions that have come born in. in there's oh, a, okay. there's a bunch of suggestions that have come in on social media. Okay, and the the one that's the most common that I've seen is Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar lives in Canada, is from South Dakota. I know he went to the University of Minnesota. He's not coming. He's also like. Minimum five hundred thousand dollar appearance yeah. fee I've to get this. out of bed. You're Doesn't, not the first person to tell dude, me this. Why? Unless it's for like a gopher wrestling event, Brock Lesnar needs some paper. All right. Is it just because he hates doing stuff like that? Yeah, or is he, he hates that he, much. He hates human connection. Yeah. Yeah. He had yeah, a farm. I mean, he had a farm in Alexandria that was like him. too close to society and had to move to Bam for something. I don't know. He lives. Why not Ric Flair? These aren't real places. Ric Flair's not. Saying, by the way, remotely Minnesotan. He spent five minutes. This as, is ESPN though. It's he, television. They don't really care. They care more than that, though. You need. I mean, some people are saying Tony Dungy. That Tony Dungy. One. NBC might object to that. Here's the obvious one, at least for the younger crowd. Yeah. Lizzo. Sure. Mm-hmm. From Minnesota. I like Lizzo. One of the biggest pop stars on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. I don't know if she's touring or if she'd be willing, but I could see Lizzo as the celebrity guest picker. I can but, get down with that. Okay. So uh, yeah, send send in your suggestions. Who would be Mackey. who? Who would be the most odds-on gopher former gopher connection picker guest picker? Our guy Pete Nigerian would be fun, but I don't know. All due respect, Pete, we love you. I don't know if in terms of like Here's one national Lindsay Lindsay Whalen Lindsay Whalen might be a good one. Dry sense of humor. She's good though. Actually, Lindsay Whalen is probably. Well, don't you think if if Vegas is putting odds on? 
who would you got to think availability too, right? Like Lindsay's in town, yes. unless they, maybe they have a game because their schedule started. So I, I haven't looked at their schedule. Vince Vaughn loves doing stuff like that. He does. So does Sean William Scott. But I would say that Vince does Vaughn, he? Vince Vaughn is from Minnesota, but Vince Vaughn is not regarded as like Minnesotan. I think he moved at the age of two though, or something as well. Yeah, I want to say I think he got out really quick. I feel like Chicago claims Vince Vaughn. They do on some. Yeah, level. they do. And that's a Cubs, fine. A huge Cubs fan. Yeah, take him. That's fine. And Lin- <laughs> did, you say, did you say Lindsey Vaughn? Uh, I didn't say that because, like, Lindsey Vaughn was she, just, in she spent like yeah, t- ten minutes in Minnesota yeah. one time. Okay. And she was born Minnesota. here, right? All right, she like went down a ski hill one time and then here. said, "I'm out of here." Hill, didn't you? I'm going to Colorado. See you, bye. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I don't. Lindsey Whalen is probably the the odds-on favorite. It probably makes sense. Six five one six four six eight two five five. You've got some ideas or tweet at us at at Phil Mackey at Rami is tweeting at Jay Zolgad. Uh, quick twins hot stove thing here before we get to cram session. We also I finalized the brackets. We we got to announce that before we wrap up. I think we should save that for for Roycey. Okay, all right. I think we should we should because Roycey is really the gatekeeper of. You think you're the gatekeeper of food here? Okay, Roycey is the gatekeeper for all things food. All right, and he used to do the turkey of the year column. I have a feeling Roycey isn't going to get down with my mac and cheese take, but I'm telling you, we'll mac and no, cheese. No, he's not. We'll he's see. not. Mac and cheese is to. a no, must no, on a Thanksgiving no, table. Are, that's a you thing, dude. Yeah. No, man. I'm telling you. I think I think this falls down racial lines. I'm just going to put it out there. Wow. I think this falls wow. down. You just, I just, you just make it do. I'm just going to put it out there. Why would you put it out there? Why? What? How does it even apply? I don't think white people have mac and cheese at their Thanksgiving table. I'm just going to put that, I'm just going to throw it out there recklessly. I'm just going to throw that Wait, right out there. You just, you just yes. made up a bracket and then played the race card on your made up bracket? <laughs> and you use that? You are further in your own, you're further in your you. own agenda right nope. now and then you brought in I think you guys, a highly controversial I think you take on it. guys are being xenophobic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've got a xylophone. I don't have xenophobic. Uh, that is really one of the worst things I've ever heard on this show. To get to this point, but I don't. I'm telling you, the race card of Watch. all the things you could. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. And mac and cheese too. <laughs> of all the foods that you could throw down the gauntlet, it's mac and cheese. It's amazing. On a Thanksgiving table specifically, everybody loves mac and cheese. Yeah, I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, this is an on argument about that. On a Thanksgiving table, I think this falls down racial. Lines, okay. Racial barriers. Right. Well, you can continue putting your seating on there, and then we'll uh, we'll ask Gracie. Throw it on a Twitter. Oh, mac and cheese is a two seat. Gentlemen, I'm on MLBTradeRumors.com what, right now. What's going on? What? Save, is, save it. Save it for Roycey. This is ridiculous. Save it for Roycey. Save it for Roycey. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't yell at the commissioner like this. Save right? it for Roycey. Ron Manfred. I have the commissioner of this committee. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. MLBTradeRumors.com. I'm going to read you guys a couple notes. Want your reaction on this stuff, okay? According to Dan Hayes from The Athletic, the Twins have some interest in bringing Martin Perez back in 2020. Saw that. Albeit at a lesser rate than the $7.5 million club option that they declined earlier but in the But did you see the role in which they would use him? Uh, short relief stints, it says in this article. Yes. And the Twins... <laughs> Lefty specialists. Don't have much in terms of left-handed relief be op- uh, options beyond Taylor Rogers. You can't put that guy in the starting rotation anymore. I'm okay with Martin Perez coming back. He's a lefty specialist out of the bullpen. Fine with that. As long as there's no temptation here, right? As long as the temptation is not to be like, oh, he's pitching pretty well. I think we found something again. Like they, they, I feel like Martin Perez was their little pet project to say, look what we can do yeah. in the first two months last year. And it was awesome, and, and it worked well, but you're still Martin Perez. But as long as you assure me that it's going to be a very specific role, and it's not going to be, oh, I think he's fixed again, so he can start on Thursday night. 
If you're going that direction, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Jacob Rizzi, not thrilled. Like, he's okay to be back with the Twins, but Jacob Rizzi, to, to sum this up, he was on NLB Network's Hot Stove Show yesterday morning, I believe, to discuss his decision to accept the qualifying offer, but also express interest in remaining with the Twins on a long-term deal. I really enjoy Minnesota, he said. The people up there are fantastic. Obviously, the team is really good. Uh, it's kind of out of my control if I'm going to be there long-term. And he essentially said... The system and the way it's set up is the reason why he begrudgingly, imagine that, by the way, begrudgingly accepted a one-year $17.8 million contract. Right. He wants a multi-year deal, but he's skeptical, based on the last couple of years, that he would have gotten that in a timely fashion. It's a smart so. move, though, right? Because he he's going to be, so he takes the one-year contract. I'm going to assume that he's not going to get a multi-year contract during the course of this upcoming season. He then is going to have that contract expire. He then can't have the compensation attached to, to him again, and he gets a multi-year contract. What the players have to get taken out is this draft pick compensation. Because it's it, you're not going to, it, if in their next um, CBA this exists, this is going to be a problem that's going to continue forever now. So you've got to get that out. But begrudgingly accepts it. It's just part yeah. of the game. And by the way, as you said, Phil, it's what seventeen point eight million dollars. A lot of money. So let's not be too. Oh, poor Jake Odorizzi is mean, only getting fine. only seventeen point eight for yeah. two thousand twenty. He'll be fine. Um, and then the Twins made a multi-year offer last winter to Yasmani Grandal, but according to Dan Hayes, they are not expected oh. to pursue him again this winter. That's what Wetmore wrote about last week, saying that they should pursue him. Mitch Garver's breakout year in two thousand nineteen and the continued development of prospect Ryan Jeffers has the Twins bullish on their internal catching options. Um, it could also mean that La Tortuga, Williams Astadio's roster spot, could be in jeopardy. He's 28 years old. So do you guys feel good about Mitch Garver and like undetermined internal option filling out the second part of the catching duties? Because I do not. I actually think they should go out and get a legit established catcher. I'm good with Jason Castro or Jason Castro-level replacement for Jason Castro. I don't want to take a step back from that. And I, I do think as much as... I love La Tortuga, and I'm the fan of his president of his fan club. I do think that it is a drop off to go from Jason Castro to La Tortuga as your backup catcher, full time backup yeah. catcher. Like this Yasmani Grandal thing, I know it sounds weird because he's one of the best catchers in baseball, and he's 30 or 31 now, so the age makes me a little bit nervous. But if your plan going into next year is to say, "Oh, Mitch Garver was great. Let's just let's just instead of catching this amount of games, let's double it." I don't think you should touch anything to do with Mitch Garver's catching duties. I think if you're going to give him more plate appearances, it should be as a first baseman or a DH. That's, I don't my, that's my question. Keep him fresh and get someone else behind the plate that also can mash. Why would you catch him basically full-time? It makes no sense to me. I don't think they're planning to either. Okay. I don't think that's part of the plan. But he should play first base some. Yeah, I mean, they... And DH, that's fine, too. They some. could use first base as kind of a rotating spot. Like, sure. like There's two or three guys that could just rotate in and out of first base. Very, some DH spots. Yeah, I do. I do not like the, the idea of oh, Mitch Garver was great. He's going to catch consistently now because one, he's going to wear down, and two, there's no guarantee that Mitch Garver in 2020 comes back as the exact same guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had an unbelievable pop up year. So yeah, I'd like to see them go out and spend there and get somebody who can be who who can eat up a number of games back there. And uh, right now, I don't think that there's a guy behind Garver who I really trust here with Castro probably gone, right? Uh, no, not. I mean, well, I know there's, I'm missing on this. This Jeffers, uh, I don't know enough about their catcher prospects, but 
Here's the th- just the third and final piece for you guys. A little bit of reckless speculation. Hot stove season. Patrick Royce on the Score North Twin Show yesterday put together, and I don't know if he's like getting this somewhere. Pat too. This is the type of thing where if we had brought this up on on the old show, he would have laughed. We would have absolutely been annihilated for it. Yeah, he does not love reckless, just out of nowhere speculation. Correct. But I think we've swayed him now to come to our side. Okay. So he said the Twins should put together a package, go to the Oakland A's, Byron Buxton for Matt Chapman, third baseman. Matt Chapman made an all-star game last year, 36 home runs, 249, 342, 506 slugging percentage. Uh, the A's probably aren't going to be paying him beyond. like he's, he's, I think he's got three or four more years of service time left. Right. Um, you might have to give something else in addition to Byron Buxton. But I guess the question off this is, hmm. who do you think should be completely untouchable in trade talks for the Twins this offseason versus completely guys... Completely untouchable? Yeah, like, like you just you, would not even... Like, I just hang up the phone. Well, but, Somebody calls and they're like, hey, how about How about this? Guys, the guys that you wouldn't actively shop to make your team better. Guys that you wouldn't shop. Like, you wouldn't pick up the phone and call on... Blank. What does your list look like? I'm not call. I'm not. I'm not shopping Jose Barrios. No way. So he he would be now. If another team called me and said, "All right, we love Jose Barrios. Want to give you everything." Okay, I'm listening. My major league kids that I like a lot. Kepler, Polanco, Barrios are are on my no call list. I'm not. I am not calling on those guys. Oh, I'll talk about. Okay, now, but if you call me though, and what what's the the difference between what I would hang up on and not? Because if you brought up Kepler's name, I'm not going to hang up on you. Um, Polanco, same thing. No, I'm saying who are you not actively shopping? Like who? Yeah, are no, you? I I know Barrios for me, corner outfielder. I'd probably shop if I could get the right return. I'd probably talk about it, especially with with a good contract. Polanco, I definitely talk about. I like him, but I talk about it. Yeah, I don't know that I have anybody who I... I think Barrios is my one. Like, if I really... Let's say... Let's say the Indians call. And they're like, hey, Francisco Lindor is on the trading block. Give us your best offer. Name it. Name it. There isn't a guy on this team who I wouldn't put in a package for Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Or Mookie Betts. Somebody of that caliber? Oh, I'm not taking Betts, though. Oh, I would. Not with that contract. I Uh -uh. talked about that. I would. No, no, no. I'd roll those dice. Not me. Even Uh -uh. if it's just for one year, I'd roll those dice. Not me. Give me a year of Mookie Betts. It'd be... One year, and he's gone, though. Well, we'll try to sign him when he gets here. I'll roll those dice. He's not going to sign Even if you. it's just one year. Give me one year of Mookie Betts and roll those dice. I'm out. Mookie Betts is so good. So, good. so much fun to watch. He's awesome, so but I'm good. out. I'm out. I mean, I would trade Byron Buxton for Mookie Betts. I know, I know. For one year Mookie Betts? Sure. I'd rather trade Buxton for Noah Syndergaard. Actually, I take that back. What would Buxton get I'd rather, you right I'd now? rather trade him for a pitcher. I'd trade Buxton for a pitcher. What would Buxton so. get you right Mookie. now? Well, he apparently he could have got you Noah Syndergaard no, back I know, in July. But, but right now, I'd call him with about him being that. Out by the way, again, I'd call him about that right now. But if so I, are you guys still interested in that? But if I'm the, we are. But if I'm the Mets, I need more than that now. I'm not taking an injury prone guy that can't, I mean can't stay on the field. He can't. Yeah. Reckless speculation. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna fire up a couple of these hot stove segments every week. If stuff comes in, we're gonna keep you guys posted, and we'll. Uh, 
we'll keep having these discussions. I'm trying but. to put together a poll right now about the thing I just brought up that I think, and I don't say this to be insulting to anybody, I think mac and cheese on Thanksgiving tables falls along racial lines. Sure. What's your poll? What's the official Well, question? I'm trying to put it together. I have too many characters in one of the one of the options in the poll, but I said I made the assertion on Mackie and Judd with Rami and was met with anger, disbelief, and accusations of playing the race card. I think mac and cheese on a Thanksgiving table falls along racial lines. Which of these describes you? White and have mac and cheese. White and no mac and cheese. Not white and have mac and cheese. Not white and no mac and cheese. Yeah, that's fair. Is that fair? Yeah. Am I, I'm not twisting the story in any no, way? No, that's fair. I'm just presenting the facts, right? Yeah. And asking people. It was just so surprising to hear you say that about mac and cheese. I've never thought about mac and cheese in that way. We I just all think love you're, mac and cheese. Post the right. poll. Post but the poll. Let's see what it, happens. If, as a Thanksgiving right. table staple, I think it falls along racial lines. Yeah, post the poll. Let's see what happens. Just my theory. Yeah. Uh, cramp I'm not going to lose my job for this. No, you're good. All right, cool. You're good. It's a good, good healthy Miles discussion. Miles Garretake was far worse. <laughs> far more offensive. Fair. Got about four emails wanting people... What, from people wanting you fired after that take, by the way. Which is crazy. Welcome back. Cram session. <laughs> I don't care about that that much. Maggie and Judd with Rami on and the Scornorth app. And before we go anywhere, before we come back with Cram session led by the honorable and also corrupt Judge Jonathan Harrison, let's talk about TCL TVs. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. And also, it's the TV we watch all of our sports on here in the Score North studios. TCL gives you... Some great qualities. 4K picture quality, built-in Roku device giving you access to 5,000 streaming channels like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Now, movies and TV episodes, and the best selection of music, sports, and news. We're talking about a ton of free content. If you're a cord cutter, by the way, look no further than TCL with that built-in Roku device. Hollywood blockbusters, live TV and sports, even health, fitness, and yoga channels, and access to dozens of streaming cooking channels. So you won't have a problem thinking of what you're Looking to cook up for dinner tonight. Maybe you have that mac and cheese recipe that Rami keeps referencing for Thanksgiving. TCL has been a proud sponsor of Score North since we launched on January 15th, the studio sponsor. And we love it when listeners tweet us pictures of your TCL TV setups. Send them to at Phil Mackey and we'll pass them along to our friends at TCL. TCLUSA.com. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows, from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. Gary Kubiak took the podium today to talk to the media during the bye week and was asked about Kevin Stefanski and what he sees in him and whether he sees possibility that he could be a head coach someday here's what he had to say Kevin's got a bright future he's very young very smart there's a couple of qualities I was thinking about this the other day is being able to be demanding uh, but being very composed those are two things that I look for in young coaches when I know for me as a head coach when I'm looking for guys to come work for me and those are two things that Kevin does extremely well let us know Vikings fans whether you see him here next year as the offensive coordinator or a head coach somewhere else let us know over at score north on twitter s-k-o-r north on Twitter, that's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. 
All right, Mackie and Joe with Rami. Jonathan is going to guide us through a cram session. The way it works is he asks us three questions, and he scores us based on how well we answer the questions. And our friend and loyal listener, Marcus, keeps track of all the stats, including our win-loss records. Judd, you, since we relaunched this segment, are the leader with 19 wins. Congratulations. Rami and I are both tied with 14 wins, and Danny is the only uh, contributor who's participated on this segment, and he has zero wins so far on the season. By the way, Judd has 17 wins in MLB-centric questions and also 11, 11 wins in NFL-centric questions, second to Rami's 14. Wow. Marcus, I am I am 4-21 when man. we ask about the NFL. Wow. So, Marcus. Way to go, Cousins. Doing an awesome job. You're pre-2019 Kirk Cousins. That's a perfect transition, Mackie. It's like you knew what I was going to do here to start off Cram Session because we've got a little punishment to dish out for what happened last week after the show. Because if you remember Cram Session last week, I asked the question of where you would place the Gophers in the college football rankings. And Rami said eight, and I gave him I gave him the point because he, he was point. closest to what I said. Right. Well, I was correct is what I was. I was 100% well, correct. Well, after... Afterwards, the rankings come out. Gophers get placed eighth, and Rami tweets out, I would like to point out, I said they'd be ranked eighth, but did not get the point in cram session from Judge John Harrison 90. I would like to protest the decision and see it reversed. Well, Rami, you'll see a whole win vacated. (laughs) Not just that point, a whole entire win. You know what? Whoa, the NCAA just came to visit. My only regret was that I didn't have my facts straight. (laughs) I will continue to speak truth to power and rebel against a man. Okay, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Bro, sit back and take it. When when I'm, protesting when I'm, cram session judge tr- brutality. When I am treated unjustly, I will speak on it. So now it's no longer <laughs> a tie between do. Mackie and Rami for point or wins on 14. It's now Mackie with 14. <laughs> And this is what happens. Rami with 13. This is what happens when you when you give people power who shouldn't have power. This right here. They get out of control. So you just took away the entire victory? I took away an entire win from Rami for that. Wow, I didn't see that coming. I'm fine with it. I'm in second place. So <laughs> <now>. <laughs> All right, let's fire Judd it up. feels no threat, so. All right, first question. Say the playoffs started this weekend, the NFL playoffs. The Vikings would be the sixth seed, and their first game would be at New Orleans with the next possible game at San Francisco. How confident would you be that this Vikings team could make it through that NFC bracket to the Super Bowl? Zero chance. Zero. Zero chance. Zero chance. There's no way they're going to get this. There's no way from a six seed and road games that they can make the Super Bowl. They have to play at U.S. Bank Stadium. First of all, like their record on grass against good teams is a death sentence. And so if they have to play, actually, dumb question. San Francisco does that. They do have grass at at, at their stadium in Santa Clara, right? So like it's just an automatic loss. They've got to play at least a home game, and I think they have to get a first-round bye and a home game to get to the Super Bowl, which is still very much feasible, by the way. Beats beat Seattle on Monday Night Football, and you can you can make these things happen. So we're saying like on a zero to one hundred percent chance of it happening. That's mm-hmm. what you're looking for. I would give them like a I don't know five six percent chance. I'm with Mackey. That's a tough road to hoe, but I don't think it's impossible. We've seen teams pull it off before, and maybe they don't rely on the home field advantage the way that, that the Vikings do. Mackey is right about that. But we've seen teams that were the wild card go through and play all their games on the road. I think that's how the Packers did it when Aaron Rodgers won his one and only Super Bowl. They had to go on the road for all their playoff games and, and win it from the wild card. It can be done. It's tough. And Mackey is right. They rely on home field advantage more than most teams, but it's not impossible. So it starts with the Saints and then has to go to San Francisco? Yep. 
Um, let's see. I'll take uh, take zero and give opinion and take Rami's and da, 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 da. I one and a half percent chance <laughs> that they can do that. They've got. I here's the problem. It might not be game two. San Francisco at San Francisco actually might be very doable. Mm-hmm. The problem is starting in the Superdome where you can't hear. If you think that this place is loud, that place blows it away. And this place is impressive. But when I covered the um, 2009 NFC title game there, you couldn't hear a darn thing. And Kirk Cousins in that environment would be it'd be incredibly difficult to operate. I mean, Brett Favre couldn't win there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Brett Favre. So, yeah, like a 1.5% chance. Because if you did upset the Saints, I think you'd get through the Niners. Your problem is I don't think you can upset the Saints. I think that bracket's incredibly tough right now as it stands. I'm going to go with Judd here, 1.5% chance. Because he mentioned the Superdome. That's the hardest place you have to play in the NFL outside of maybe U.S. Bank Stadium. And even then, that's a that's a real close toss-up. But I think because you'd have to start off in the Superdome, I don't think the Vikings would be able to make it. Question two. One, on Purple Daily, we discussed the possibility of Kevin Stefanski as a head coach in the future. Gary Kubiak said today that Kevin has a bright future. So where is Kevin Stefanski coaching next season? Can I start? Mm-hmm. Phil, can you please go to NFC Ventline page, find the song for a certain team based in Illinois? Oh. Because here's the thing, Matt Nagy can't do this. Like, I've lost all faith. But I think the idea was pretty good. I'm not saying that you force Kevin Stefanski to have Mitch Trubisky, but I think if you give him the right QB, I think the Chicago plan's not terrible. It's just the quarterback didn't work, and the head coach, I don't know what he's doing, but it just appears he's chilly light, and I don't think Stefanski is. So I'm going to say that I'm convincing myself more by the day, especially after the conversation that we had yesterday, that Nagy is going to be fired. But I don't know that they have to then pivot and be like, we got to go find a defensive guy now. I think they say, no, we might have had the right idea. Wrong guy. Kevin Stefanski knows the Vikings, knows Zim, two wins a year maybe, or at least a little bit of strategy. Chicago Bears. I think he's uh, still the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings because it's going to take a year for people to learn who Kevin Stefanski is. And I think there are still people who are going to point to this who are on the outside, even more on the outside than we are, and say this is Gary Kubiak's offense. I don't know how many people around the league recognize the work that Kevin Stefaniak is is doing doing right now. Where did I get Stefaniak from? I was thinking Kubiak. Stefania Bell? You just just combined their offensive guys into one. It's Kubiak. No, I didn't. No, that's that's why it was in my head, because I came up with Stefaniak the other day on Score North Live. When we were were coming up with their couple Fancy sounds way better. Mm, Sounds funnier. No, I like Stefan. It's funnier, but Stefaniak rolls off the tongue better. I think that people are crediting Kubiak with this and and not Stefanski around the league. And I I don't I don't know that he's going to get the recognition that he deserves or the recognition he needs to get a head coaching job after this season is over. So I I have the same first part of my answer. He's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Vikings next year, but I have a different sort of spin on it than Rami does. Okay, what is wrong? with spending more than five minutes of, as an offensive coordinator. Look at some of the recent examples of guys who they had a great year or two as offensive coordinator, or that was the perception, and so they get elevated. Matt Nagy, uh, Adam Gaze, right, who, by the way, it's easy to have a great offensive coordinator resume when Peyton Manning is your quarterback. 
Um, and then they get into head coaching roles, and they just they're in over their head. They're they're out over their skis, and they wind up getting fired, which is going to happen to both those guys at some point, probably in the next two or three months. So don't make the same mistake. I'm not saying Kevin Stefanski isn't going to be a head coach at some point, mm-hmm. but how about be a coordinator for five years? Is that too much to ask? And like, why are we in a rush to? Oh my God, this guy's. He's a coordinator for 10 seconds, and now he's going to be a head coach. There's something to be said for just getting your feet wet and then getting comfortable and having some experience over a long period of time. So I'm going to say he's a, he's still coordinating here. I don't think he's going to be a head coach next year, so Judd, sorry you're out here. I don't. So I think he's still going to be the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, and where I generally agree here with you, Phil, that you should just stick around in a place for a little bit longer than one season. I think the reason he won't get a head coach gig is because Gary Kubiak's still going to get the credit, a lot of the credit for what they did, what this turnaround was. So Rami's going to get the point here. Yeah. Didn't think I was getting any points this week. Awesome. No, you I mean, I can give it to Phil if you want me no, to. No, that's all right, dude. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. All right. Appreciate it. We talked oh, a little bit. back to Your Honor. <laughs> you just called you incompetent five minutes ago. Said I shouldn't have power. Okay, yeah. whatever. Uh, we talked a little bit last segment, college game day, possibly maybe coming to Minnesota. You guys are in the in the crowd for game day. What's your sign? What's your sign saying? Mine is easy, and I know I'm not going to get the point for this, but I got I to gotta stay true to the brand, man, and the thing that helped me make my <laughs> oh. name in the Minnesota sports media market. It's going to be hashtag put a roof oh on my it. And I know God. I, That's your sign. I know I just lost God. it. I know I just lost. I know I just lost crab session here today. And this is one of, this is one of the times where I understand why Jonathan isn't giving me the point. But man, that's that's my bread and butter. You don't go away from your bread and butter. Hashtag put a roof on it. I got nothing here. Wow. Phil. It's ridiculous. Come ridiculous. On. Sorry. That's absurd. Mine is quite simple. And I've been pushing for this for the last couple weeks. I think we should we should probably have some T-shirts at some point. Not RTB, row the boat. RTMFB. That's my sign. Thanks, Pete Alonzo. RTMFB. <laughs> What's that stand for? I need to write it down in the notes. I might go with... with- <laughs> bleep their boat like the quarterback from Penn State said and I understand there are t-shirts that say that now that are floating around campus of University of Minnesota I might go with that but no I'm sticking with put a roof on it how about Fire Mason can I bring that sign back <laughs> absolutely, absolutely if you bring you that could. sign back that's amazing absolutely you could why not throw it back I am going with you know what if I get my sign on, I'm not going to go with a gopher sign, and I'm not going to go with a roof sign. I don't care. I'm going to raise. I'm going to raise the specter, the debate about the conversation that we started this show with, cousins for MVP. Just so pe- people be like, what's that all about? Maybe, maybe this guy knows something. Maybe we should talk about cousins for MVP. I'm going to get. You know what? Because I've spent so much time bashing the poor guy, and we all have. You know what? I'm going to throw my support behind Kirk Cousins, and they're going to see it on ESPN, and it's going to become a bigger talker, and they're going to circle the sign on Monday morning on Good Morning Football and SportsCenter and say, I wonder if this guy's right. It should be. Right. So I'm throwing my support behind Kirk Cousins. All right. Well, I don't like that one either. Yeah. So, looks like Phil's winning here today with whatever his sign What's <laughs> Whatever his sign was. Rami's raising his hand. We can't pronounce what his sign says. What's... You got a question there? Uh, Marcus tweets in. Yeah, I saw that. Our record keeper and says, I'm using my executive authority as scorekeeper to say wins and losses can't be changed oh! once a cram session is concluded. Wow. You know what, Marcus? 
he does he does uh, trump Jonathan because he keeps this and because he's nice enough to. Wow, Rami, you dodged. Uh, Just got that win back, baby. I'm going through a list of the, great the, college game day signs on on ftwusatoday.com. Yeah. Oh my god. Some of the signs. Uh, someone brought a sign to the Army Navy game once that said "Navy shoots blanks." <laughs> good. Uh, Jim Harbaugh uses Snapchat filters. That's pretty good. Uh, but Rami, the floor is yours because we're wrapping with Roycey here. Okay. And uh, you've got your uh, you've got your Thanksgiving. Do you want me to list. go through the brackets with them first, or my assertion about mac and cheese on a Thanksgiving table first? Start with Which the one? mac and cheese thing. All right. Pat, do you have mac and cheese on your Thanksgiving table regularly? Uh, uh, no, sir. No, no okay. that's, I'm not a big mashed potato guy, but but that's one uh, that's one uh, holiday you got to do her. I am the only person on this show that has mac and cheese on the Thanksgiving table mm-hmm. on Score North but Live. You know, one thing, if Judd had it on the table, he'd put ketchup on it. That's and, true, which is uh, gross. Mac and cheese, yes. Mm-hmm. On Score North Live uh, earlier, you know, I think applesauce. mac and cheese gets overserved, so I, I don't I don't look for occasions to uh, use it unless. I don't like the runny. Uh, I, I like the bake one. Me too. One and that's what I make little, every year. I got a, one of the little solidity to it. I, I need the solid mac and cheese. I can't have the runny mac and cheese. I agree with you. And er, But earlier on Score North Live, Manny and I were here with Matthew Collar, and Manny and I both have mac and cheese on our Thanksgiving tables. Collar did not. So what I came to the conclusion of at the end of these two discussions, Pat, is that mac and cheese on Thanksgiving tables falls along racial lines. White people don't have mac and cheese on their Thanksgiving tables. Well... Uh, I, I didn't realize you and Manny were of the same race. So well, we're both not white. Oh, well, that's well, all. Yeah, I don't know. You're just you just <laughs> under the minority uh, banner there. Yeah, extra, uh, You know, you're trying you're trying to get a little extra uh, assistance from the rest of us. <laughs> that's I, yep. not at all what's happening here. Yeah, That's like not it. at all what is happening here. I'm just telling you what my experience, my life experience, Pat. This is what this is the conclusion I've come to in America. Yeah, you start wearing a funny hat. I don't accept you as a man. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I do. Never mind. But, however, I am. Fifty percent American Indian, so I I, uh, I can talk about you know I I still want my money from the uh, tribe out there at Mystic Lake. Damn it! <laughs> can they get, where can they mail it? <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I tell you, I tell them, give me a hundred grand, we won't be any legal action. Okay, right. that wouldn't be hard to do. Oh my! Anyhow, God. hey, our Wolfies, that's the best game they played all year. I mean, I haven't watched all of them, but uh, to uh, have those two pathetic. Uh, performances at home and then go out and beat a good Utah team. That was pretty good. It was, and uh, they did it without their best player, too. My guy, Andrew Wiggins, who's going to come back at some point. <laughs> you know, one thing, you were the guy who supported him very strongly all along, so that's uh, you, you got that going for Listen, you. Listen, I am I am the Wiggins stockbroker here. To the Rose Bowl, I can say, yep, I was on his bandwagon <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but if you, were to go, if you were to have come into a season like I did three months ago and said, I know I've said this about Andrew Wiggins for four years, but you should be buying Andrew Wiggins stock this year. I get to take credit for mm-hmm. both opinions. Yeah, well, why did he just take three games off, do we know? Uh, grandma died for two of them, and now he's sick. sick I he believe. was supposedly sick last night. Yep. Okay then. All right. Uh, well, anyway, let's uh, let's be uh, suiting up here on Wednesday night, buddy. We can, we we can't. Uh, you know, pretty soon we're getting to the uh, Percy Harvin uh, the 
that category here. Well, Percy Harvin, in fairness, had, I think, seven different grandmothers, according yeah, to all did. the different yeah. times he... Yeah, and then migraines, <laughs> had, uh, a lot. His four aunts, man, they were... They were they were dropping like flies. <laughs> Chili, Chili couldn't find him at, at one point in a training camp. He disappeared so long. Brad kept calling him and saying, "You coming back?" He's like, "I don't know when." Well, you know, Sidney Rice decided to have surgery, and Farvan showed up, and Sidney said, "The hell with this." I mean, Percy said, "The hell with this." I had another grandma die. You may never see me till we get to Winter Park, and he did. Never came back to Mankato, right? That's correct. Yeah, two thousand ten. Nine days. Boy, oh boy, that was uh, that was quite the uh, that was quite the training camp when you oh. you were you went from the cusp of uh, the the uh, Super Bowl to having nobody who wanted to be in Mankato. It was amazing. Oh, it was a complete mess, Patrick. Yes, it was. You know, right now the Wolves sit in the eighth spot in the Western Conference standings, and it's hard to find teams below them that are guaranteed to make a run. The Spurs have lost six in a row. Golden State's cooked. Uh, Memphis yeah, is five and eight. Good. You know the the thing is, like Sacramento's as good as they are, and you know some of those teams are just as good as they are. They got, you know, teams that you don't. Know, Arizona, Phoenix is Phoenix ahead of them right now. They probably yeah, they're to the Phoenix is seven and they're, they're tied basically. Yeah, I mean Phoenix. They're I think they're the same as about four of about seven through ten or six through nine. I think there's, you know, some of these unexpected teams. I don't think the West is nearly as tough as people were giving it credit for, though, because you don't have the super, you don't have the the super team. Uh, now you might when Paul George comes back and and healthy, and he and Kawhi are uh, playing together, and they decide not to rest Kawhi every other game, and actually start playing him. That that could be a super team, and the Lakers are, you know, good, but. Uh, I don't think there's uh, you know nobody like the Golden State team that uh, that uh, you know was you would have had to play to advance anywhere. So, Patrick Matt Chapman, you... that's my hot rumor. I told you that. Yeah, uh, Rocco this year told me that Matt Chapman was the best defensive player he had ever seen at any position. Wow. And uh, I thought that was rather high praise. <laughs> so yep. he's been in the game for a while. And, uh, you know, you got, I'd give them Sano or Buxton, I'd throw them Barrios, and then make Whoa. them give me that Frankie Montez or something Whoa, like that. Whoa, you're going Barrios and Buxton for but Matt Chapman. I'm getting back their best pitch. I'm getting back that Montez who was pitching real well until he popped positive for steroids. So <clears throat> somebody like that. They, I don't know how much young pitching they have. I'm certainly not giving up Barrios and until I get, uh, you know, if I get something back that's uh, got a chance to be similar, but uh, I, I'm just, you, you know, you you would have to break the bank to get him. But I'd like that infield a lot better if he was at oh. third and the big man was at first, wouldn't you? Oh my gosh, yes. You know, instead of uh, instead of you know, because the shortstop's mediocre and the third baseman's mediocre, yep. and uh, I know that they don't worry about catching the ball as much as they used to, but I, I'm just one of those believers that it's nice when they hit a ball to you, you catch it and throw it to first base. Do you think, they would, do you think they would trade him? Because he has, what, three years of team three control years. still left? They do odd stuff, though. They uh, they do weird stuff, you know. No, I just threw that out there. You know, it's I, I didn't. I think Wetmore was going to run like it with it. With that, it was more. You know, you guys lead the world in reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. <laughs> you threw that out there.
there. Yeah. Don't don't act like you're, don't act like you're not a willing participant now after what you just did. Yeah, that's right. I am. I, I thought, okay, I'll join the fun. What the hell? No, it's great. It's fantastic. But, but he's, uh, you know, the Houston, I mean, uh, uh, Oakland makes trades you don't expect them to make. So uh, who knows if you, if you, uh, if you give them what they want. I don't know. I, uh, what do you guys, you gotta, like we keep talking about trading Rosario, but I just wonder how much you're going to get for him. Uh, I don't, yeah, you're not going to get a top starter for him. I think the guy that trades the center fielder. I think there's, he's still the guy, there's still people who have big hopes for him. Who plays center field if it's not him? That's something you're going to have to figure out, too. Yeah, because you got to wait a year, because Royce Lewis can probably play it in two years, but probably not next year. So Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know. Think Polanco could play center field? Let's, uh, hey, we got to run here. we got about 20 seconds left, but let's let's continue this tomorrow. Let's talk some hot stuff with you tomorrow. All right, Pat? Okay, sure. All right, see so. you. All right, we uh, Royce every day. Is next. Royce Unchained coming back, and you can find Royce Unchained anywhere you find podcasts. Mackie and Jump with Rami podcast, Score North app, Apple, Spotify. I'm going to do something either impressive or stupid or impressively stupid. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.